Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Let's do this. There we go. That's better. That's better. Feels good to come on these airwaves and talk about a team winning. Yesterday it was Brewers got slammed by the uh, Phillies and the Badgers stank. Well, how about this? The Brewers slammed the Phillies last night. Magic number down to 12 for your Milwaukee Brewers. And everyone was in on the hit party for the most part. And starting pitcher Eric Lauer looked absolutely incredible. And it was just a celebration of everything Brewers last night, Rowdy. What a game. I love what Nelly tweeted out last night. Nelly, you t- t- tell the fine folks what you tweeted out last night for the Milwaukee Brewers. Well, simply that By this the way, good morning. Milwaukee Brewers team has a World Series feel to them. The World Series feel for the Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, you got Brewer fever, right, Rowdy? 100%. I'm going to have it even more Saturday when we're at the red zone. Oh, I'm going to have some brewer. I've got it everywhere. There's some brewer fever for you. Yeah, we're going to have a taste of the brewer fever, right, Rowdy? Saturday. You can come see what the brewers and we are doing the red zone Saturday with this right here. And brewer fever. It feels so good. Rowdy, Eric Lauer. Let's start with Eric Lauer really quick. That dude was balling last night. Eric Lauer was uh, not only crushing it on the mound, but he also was doing it himself uh, with the bat in his hand. Well, I mean, the bat wasn't in his hand. With the bat in his hand, standing in that batter's box. Milwaukee Brewers pitchers can not only pitch, but they can also have good at-bats. Am I wrong in that, Rowdy? Am I wrong in saying that? No, I mean, Eric Lauer has now thrown two straight games where he's went seven innings, given up just one run on three hits. He's had almost the exact same line the last two starts. And, I mean, don't look now, but uh, Eric Lauer is probably pushing in Adrian Hauser for that fourth spot in the the playoff rotation for the Milwaukee Brewers. Eric Lauer shines for the crew last night, and it was just nice to see. He's given up, let's see, Lauer, as Rowdy was just talking about, giving up one run and just seven hits over 14 innings and two starts this month. Uh, improved his ERA to 3.18 and continued to inspire reassessments of that 2019, uh, 2019 trade that brought him to Milwaukee. Um, when that trade happened, Rowdy, were you what? What was your feeling? I was on the thumbs trade? up because it's Luis Arias. Yeah, Luis. It was, remember, Urias. okay, that was the one that I liked because it was for Davies and Grisham, right? Yeah, it was for Davies and Grisham because at the time Grisham that was right after t- it was the 2019 2020 offseason. Yeah. So that was right after Grisham had made that blunder out in right field <sighs> where the Nationals ended up beating the Brewers in that wild card game and was then that, the Nationals was that when Josh Hader couldn't find the strike zone. Yep, too? and then mm-hmm. the Nationals went on to win the World Series. Yes, I remember. And then obviously Zach Davies, we know what Zach Davies is. He's got to be perfect when he's on the mound to be good. And what I mean by that is he's a guy that throws in the low nineties to 90 miles an hour. He's a guy that relies on a changeup and an off, you know, an offhand curveball here and there. He's not a guy that he has a huge arsenal of pitches and he doesn't throw very hard. So he's got to be very, he's got to be very perfect in his location to be good. And we've seen when he is good at that, he can, he can pitch well, 
But we've also seen at times where he's not locating, he doesn't have the velocity, and he just got ripped, right? Yeah. Like yeah. We, saw, we saw seasons where Zach Davies won 17 games. 17 games, Zach Davies. For but the then Brewers. we also saw the same seasons where his ERA was nearly four. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. he got a lot of run support. Hey, really quick on Trent Grisham, do you find it comical? Um, it's kind of like a kick in the goodies to a degree, as you were talking about how he couldn't field that ball against the Nationals. Do you find it comical that he ends his Brewers career uh, doing that, and then he goes on to win a Gold Glove. No, I mean, because uh, <laughs> I mean, isn't it just kind of funny that he he blunders that, which is his one mistake, but then he goes on to win the Gold Glove. Yeah, but you were talking about a guy that really that was his first taste of big league baseball. Yeah. He was known as a obviously a good player coming up, and then I just think it's funny. That's the one play, but. I mean, he's been a pretty nice player in San Diego. Yeah, yeah, he's a gold glover. Yeah. Zach Davies only lasted there for one year before they shipped him to Chicago. And then the Cubs, did. does he still on the Cubs or they ship him somewhere? Uh, he's probably still pitching matter. poorly for the Cubs. But, uh, I mean. Yep, he is. He is for the Cubs. Trent Grisham, he didn't have a spot on this team. Look at the outfield currently. Oh, yeah. I, obviously, the trade, yeah. the trade was in 2020. But look at the outfield currently. Where is Trent Grisham going to play? He's not going to play over Yelich, the guy who just gave that extension. No. He's not going to play over um, Bradley Jr. and Locaine, the guys that you're paying a lot of money. He's not going to play over Avisel Garcia, especially when Avisel Garcia is having a career year. Yeah, he's smoking, dude. I mean, smoking. In, in 2020, going into that season, you had Avisel Garcia, Lorenzo Kane, and Christian Yelich. Yep. Where, where was he? So he just happened to be one of like the many collection of outfielders the Brewers have had since 2017 that were traded away because there were so many guys in that uh, outfield lineup stable. So Eric Lauer and um, Luis Urias in that trade, Zach Davies and Trent Grisham. Now you look at Urias, what's he sitting on? 19 home runs. Eric Lauer is stabilizing the back of the Brewers rotation and just looking dynamite. Again, David Stearns, whatever that dude for the most part touches, turns to gold. Well, I thought it was funny because remember in 2020, everyone was just like, this trade sucks. He got fleeced because Grisham yeah. was balling out, <laughs> yeah. playing really well defensively, hitting the baseball well, and Davies was, a, again, a so-so pitcher. Yep. Well, if you remember how 2020 started for Eric Lauer, he looked good in spring training. He then had the weird break like everyone did. He then had to sit out of the summer camp because it was like his girlfriend or wife or Close whatever. contact, yeah, COVID. Had COVID. So he had to sit out for two weeks. Then while he came back, he got COVID. Yep. And then he, <laughs> yep. he never he never had never like had that. Spring training. He never had his after the first break of spring training, he never really had a spring training or a summer camp because he had all the COVID stuff. Remember what those alternate sites were because there was yeah. no minor league yeah. sites. He was basically just throwing batting practice to guys and at best it was simulated games. Then when he had to try and get ready for the quote unquote season. He was doing it at the big league level as a guy that hadn't pitched on his normal routine in like six months. Yeah. Like it was ridiculous. Ridiculous. And he never got, he never got a, uh, he never got a good feel for it. And then if, did you hear anything about him earlier this year? How he said he felt like that off season gave him like uh it changed his mechanics. No, I did not. Yeah. Cause it was, was his interview he had. This was sometime this year, earlier this year, Eric Lauer was talking about how, Oh, I think during, I vaguely remember something like this during that time off where he had the COVID stuff. He yeah. felt like since he hadn't done it for a while, his mechanics got off. Oh, yeah. And he, so went he, back, went the, he went back to like a lab yeah, or like yep. a pitching coach and re came up with like his, his uh, mechanics and his arm work for his 
for this upcoming season. Now, granted, he didn't make it in right away. I think he had a little bit of health issues or, or had to get uh, loosened up a little more than sure, some of the other sure, ones. Sure. But now you see him, he's coming on, and he looks better. He looks more like the guy that pitched what I believe it was opening day in 2019. 18 or 19 for the San Diego Padres, Padres yeah. as a 23-year-old. Like he's like he was he was good then, and then that it got wonky on him, right, Rowdy? And then no the, fault of his own. And then there was Luis Arias in the trade, who this was a kid that at the time was really young. Yep, he had some big league experience, and he was a guy that was able to be paid less than Orlando Arcia. Had pretty much the exact same tool bag that Arcia did, but just younger. And was a kid that just needed a shot because look at their infield. Yeah, the infield in San Diego was Tatis Jr. That's pretty tough. To I don't think you're going to be beating the, him. You're not beating him out. Yeah, the guy that was the favorite for the MVP. Yeah, you're not beating him out. Manny Machado. You're not beating him out. He plays third base, all star. He's a gigantic douchebag, but you're not beating him out. And Jake Cronenworth, a yeah. guy that finished in the top three of of yeah. Rookie of the Year, and in, in including some writers from Milwaukee voting him ahead of Devin Williams last year. <laughs> And some of them we talked to on the show. That's second shortstop and third base for the Padres. And it's where, been uh, where was he going to play? He wasn't for the Milwaukee Brewers. That's where, that was, exactly. that's where he was going to play. And what do we? My opinion with the Brewers at shortstop was always if Orlando Arcia could hit two fifty, if he could hit fifteen to twenty home runs and play damn near Gold Glove caliber um, defense. Yeah, that's a shortstop that you can work with. He's not a Troy Tulowitzki. He's not like some of these great <laughs> all pro guys that they've we've seen in the past, but that's that's all you need at the shortstop position with what the Brewers surrounded the rest of the team with. You look at Luis Arias, he's batting two forty eight. That's nearly yeah, the two fifty. Nineteen dingers. He's nineteen dingers that fits between the fifteen and yep. twenty home runs. Yep. And sixty two RBIs. I mean he's awesome. That's, he's great. That's been more production than what the Brewers could have asked. And I for. think he's been cutting down on his errors a little bit since he moved over to the third, right? Well, yeah, yeah, there's a couple here and there, but he's cutting it down. And you can even look to probably three or four games where he has a ton of those errors where they came in bunches. Yeah, there's like two where he's like bombing it up into the stands trying to throw the first I think, base. I think he's got at least three games in which he has a total of seven errors in them between yeah, the three. Yeah. Um, and then, Rowdy, let's go back to uh, Eric Lauer again, which the trade that Rowdy was just breaking down uh, fantastically is so good from uh, David Stern to – president of baseball operations, but check this out. I have comments I wanted to get to from Eric Lauer. So last night, uh, Rowdy and I get this tweet from Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. Grant Bills absolutely hates it and despises it if if a Brewers pitcher... I don't, what, do you th- what do you think Grant thinks uh, of perfect time for a Brewers pitcher to come out? The fifth inning? The see, I was, inning? I'm trying to jump into his brain and see what he was thinking while he was tweeting at us. Like, what would, what was he hoping the outcome would be? So, Eric Lauer comes up to bat in the sixth inning, and the Brewers are are leading at the time, three to nothing. They, uh, it was in the third inning. Escobar hit a ground rule, double the left, and Lauer scored, and Wong scored, and then uh, later on in the third, Yelly singled the center, and then Escobar scored on an error, and Yelly was safe at uh, second by another error by the catcher. So, Rowdy. It's the sixth inning, bottom of the sixth. Eric Lauer comes up to bat. And uh, what, the bases are loaded. Bases are loaded. Eric Lauer's up to bat. I think we need to say this first. There was two outs in this inning. Yes, there the was. The Phillies were nearly out of it. They struck out Luis Arias with a slider in the dirt. But he swung. He did. It gets past the catcher. He obviously reaches first base on a drop third strike. Yep. Then Rowdy Telez hits a single, which allows Urias to go first to third. Yep. Then they walk Lorenzo Kane. This all happened 
with two outs, and that that third out was a drop third strike. They should have been it out of the inning. But that baseball is a weird sport, right? So the bases are loaded, and on the on deck circle before Lauer came out, on the on deck circle is Dan Vogelback, Dan the man, thinking like, okay, is Council going to pull Eric Lauer and put in Vogelback, and you know we'll see what happens. Maybe he'll hit a grand salami like he did a couple nights ago or days ago. So all of a sudden, no, no. Dan the man, the Danimal is just a distraction. The the Phillies didn't bite. And then all of a sudden Eric Lauer comes walking up. And we Rowdy and I get this this tweet from Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. He says, I'm happy for you guys at Ebo says at Rowdy underscore Raider. Uh Razor. And then he quotes quote tweets uh reviewing the bruise, bases loaded the two outs for no one slugger, dot 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 Eric Lauer. So Grant Bills tweets this out at us. I think this is Grant Bills being a dick. That's the vibe. Did you get that vibe? I think right. Grant Bill's being a dick. All right, but here, here's the thing. Because so, Lauer hadn't done anything yet. He's up to bat. When when Lorenzo Kane was up to bat, it was 3-1, and one and I started. They cut to a shot to the dugout, mm-hmm. and it was Eric Lauer that has a batting helmet on and a bat in his hand, and he's standing down behind Craig Council, behind Pat Murphy, and he's closer to the tunnel than he is the, the field. Mm-hmm. Almost like they were trying to hide him. Yep, but it, I, when I instantly saw that, I go, "That's weird." Eric Lauer's got a helmet and a bat on. <laughs> Daniel Vogelback is in is in the batter's box. Why would he have a a helmet and a bat? Because if Lorenzo Cain gets out, the inning's over. It's He's, done. It's done. Doesn't matter if Lorenzo Cain reaches. Vogelback's already in the on deck circle. At what point would it make sense to go bring Eric Lauer in unless he's going to go in and hit the whole time because there would be no reason for him to have a bat or a helmet on. Correct. It's either Kane gets out, innings over, or Kane, Kane reaches and you're going with Vogelback for what you're showing. Yeah. Why does he have a helmet on? Well, well Eric makes Lauer? sense. But now, well, why so, would Grant be well, a dick? Well, is he being a dick? I think he's being a dick. I think he's being a dick over at Rowdy. Because I, I think he's, being, he's cocking off to us. Re- reviewing the brew... Their tweet says what, Ebo? It says right here, Rowdy. The Reviewing the Brew tweet says this. Base is loaded with two outs for no one slugger, dot, 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 Eric Lauer. Now, I know and, you don't have to he, be a math guy to understand this, but Daniel Vogelback, who was in the on-deck circle, you know what he's batting on the year? What is he batting on the year, Rowdy? 219. 219. Eric Lauer, the pitcher, do you know what he's batting on the year? What would he be batting? 190. 190. I mean, real, not, realistically, if you're looking at batting average, yes, Vogelback is better, but he's an all-time, he's a hitter. He's, yeah, that's, he's that's, a, he came up as a DH. It's like his job. Uh, that's not a ton of a difference between 219 and 190. No, that's not much of a difference at all. <laughs> and Eric Lauer had a hit already yeah. in that game. In the in the uh, in and the third. Eric Lauer has a home run on the season. Yeah, and he's shown that he can also. Now, granted, they weren't going to bunt in this situation, but he's shown that he can handle the bu- uh, the bat well and bunt the baseball. So, so Rowdy, I get that we get this tweet, and I'm like, is I think Grant Bills is cocking off to us. I think Grant Bills is trying to say that if he was the manager, he would have pulled Eric Lauer, sat him down, pinched hit Daniel Vogel back. And then figured it out out of the bullpen from there. Well, th- that's the vibe I got. Did you get that vibe? That's the vibe I, I got. I wasn't sure if he was trying to joke around, but then obviously Eric Lauer. Well, then Eric Lauer works a walk. Works a walk, and it, it it pays out in dividends. And then all of a sudden it's four to nothing. And then all of a sudden a little later, once the inning's over, it's six to nothing. Rowdy. Yeah. Then the floodgates started opening once Colton Wong hit a RBI sink or two. 
two RBI single. So Grant Bills goes from cocking off Rowdy uh, to us about how we like pitchers. We we like to let see and watch pitchers do their thing, right? If a pitcher is is dealing, I like to see him on the mound to continue to deal. Same as you, right? Correct. Grant Bills out there cocking off to us, and all of a sudden, what happens? Well, the cocking off backfires in his face. He actually gets cocked off in his own face. Sounds weird. And then Rowdy, Eric Lauer gets it done, works the walk. How about that for the Brewers? It was amazing. When did you have the World Series feeling for the Brewers? Well, it goes back to the series they played against the Cincinnati Reds probably two to three weeks ago mm-hmm. when Brandon Woodruff was down 3-1 in the count to Joey Votto. He threw a nasty changeup in a 3-1 count, and Votto was way out in front, had a stupid look on his face <laughs> like, yeah, I just got fooled. And then he comes back 3-2 and strikes out Joey Votto with just blowing the fastball by him. And that was with runners on, and that was in a jam in a in a big situation where the Brewers had a, a, sl- a small lead, and it just shut them down. And the Brewers ended up going on and winning that game. But here is some... Uh, some numbers that I saw last night from a tweet. So Will Salmon of The Athletic that covers the Milwaukee yeah, Brewers. He used to come on, then he kind of started Big D in us. Yeah, and I think he's been on Grant's show post, so, post Big D-ing us. We were nothing but As, nice to him. I was the first guy to ever reach out for him yeah. for an interview because he had just gotten the job winter of uh, 2020 before the maybe, pandemic. Maybe, maybe we got to reach out to him again. Maybe there's something miscommunication there. Anyways. But I think we all know that the top three – and the Milwaukee Brewers uh, rotation for the postseason is going to be Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta. That that three, no matter if it's whatever order it is, that's going to be your top three. Yeah. But that fourth spot is open. I think you can say that Ashby's out of it because he's going to be used out of the pen yeah. and as a spot starter. I'm, I think you could say Brett Anderson is out of that. <laughs> Those guys you can eliminate from that fourth spot. Brett Anderson. But then you look at it, and it's got to be Adrian Hauser, who's coming off of, well complete game shutout and then it's Eric Lauer coming off of two seven inning uh games where he's given up one run and here are their numbers so these are the numbers extrapolated out versus a balanced lineup extrapolate them rowdy so this is against righties and lefties extrapolate them era Adrian Hauser 3.41 Eric Lauer 3.43 now their FIP which is uh Fielding and independent pitching, which yep. is supposed to take out your take out your fielders and errors and everything, strictly just how well you pitch. Eric Lauer's FIP four point two seven. Adrian Hauser four point three two. Really hard hit rate. Eric Lauer thirty four point nine percent. Adrian Hauser thirty seven point nine. Home runs per nine. Adrian Hauser point eight two. Eric Lauer one point three one. K's per walks. Hauser seven point eight. And you have Eric Lauer at fourteen point three. That's very. Pretty, that's really close. pretty. Pretty close on almost every single everything's, statistic. Everything's very, very. One's slim. a lefty. One's yeah. a righty. Obviously, your top three uh, horses are all righties. Maybe Lauer gets the nod because he's a lefty. Wow, look at that. That's it. That's interesting. That's yeah. That's. I mean, that's a good discussion. That's a good thing to have. To it have, means you have yeah, options, and it means have. you're going to have good guys coming out of the bullpen. Interesting. Look at also, that. I think you might want to go with Lauer. And here's the reason why. He's a lefty versus your top three horses being righties. And we know that Adrian Hauser, for the majority of his career, came out of the bullpen for the Brewers before he really started starting the last, what, in 2020 and 2019? Yeah. 
Interesting things rally. to think about in the next month. It's definitely some things to think about. Is there nothing better than pitchers who hit and the fact that Milwaukee Brewers have pitchers who hit? Or I guess Lauer did get a hit yesterday, but also a pitcher that can work a count and walk, take a walk? Well, I mean, even if you you think about it just in like a, a playoff sense or just a league-wide sense, if the Milwaukee Brewers, which they do, have guys that can hit the baseball at the pitcher position, obviously we know Brandon Woodruff and his home run – his huge, memorable home run in 2018 against the Dodgers off of Clayton Kershaw. I'll never forget it. We know that Corbin Burns can swing the bat. He also has a home run in his career. Indeed he does. We know that, well, Adrian Hauser can swing the bat got and has run. multiple home runs in his career. Indeed he does. Eric Lauer can swing the bat and has home runs on his in his career. And also, I guess, intimidates Philly's relief pitchers who totally walk them does. with the bases loaded. Uh, but... You all, I mean, even Freddie Peralta, it's like, oh, Freddie Peralta is the black sheep of this pitching rotation because he can't hit. His and then last he goes outing? Up there and he gets a hit. Was that his last or two outings ago, right? Was uh, Freddie Peralta getting a hit? So Eric Lauer uh, on the podium last night after the Brewers beat the Phillies 10 to nothing. Eric Lauer was talking about how Craig Council's vote of confidence to not pinch hit for him in the sixth is uh, uplifting. Well, I think I think going to play these comments after Rowdy talk. Yeah, right? I think. Too also that that tells him if he's going to hit that gives him confidence because he knows he's given a leash to go out there and pitch as well. Totally. But uh, to finish that thought first, if the Brewers have good hitting pitchers, not many not many teams do. That gives you not only an advantage against the AL if you were to make the World Series mm-hmm. and you have to play either three or four games at at home. It also gives you an advantage in the playoffs when when it comes to situational bunting or hitting over other NL teams that don't have that type of uh, pitchers that can uh, wield the bat like the Brewers do. I think that it could be a real advantage. It definitely is. Here is Eric Lauer of the vote of confidence from Gregory Council. It was nice. It was definitely it was definitely nice, especially after yesterday, um, to be able to jump on him a little bit. And I mean, that's the cool thing about baseball is every. Every day is its own day, and every every pitch is its own pitch. So you gotta you gotta always throw the next one, and it's you can't can't look at the past too long. In the bottom of the sixth, I mean the the game is still very much in the balance there. But they send Vogelbach into the on deck circle. What does it mean to get a chance to hit there and then pitch another inning? It's sort of a vote of confidence, is it not? Definitely, yeah. It's definitely it's definitely uplifting to to know that uh, we believe that we believe we're in a position to where I can go out there and continue to throw, and that uh, I haven't struggled or anything to to an extent to where we think that it needs to there needs to be a change. But uh, it makes you it makes you feel good just as a pitcher knowing that um, you get to hit in that that kind of spot, and you're not going to get pinch hit for because you're you're throwing the ball well. Um, it was a little weird um, walking out there and getting booed <laughs> because Vogie was supposed to hit. Uh, that was a little odd for me, but I, I took it with a grain of salt. <laughs> and then works a walk. That's funny, Rowdy. Did you pick up the boo birds? What do you think? No, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't pick up the boo birds. I don't know who was booing them. Maybe it was the people right behind the like. You know where the on deck circle yeah. is. Maybe it was just the people right there where you could hear them between the. Uh, I never, I never heard the boo birds when he went out the. I mean, I've, they weren't booing for long because then you know he worked a walk and then the Brewers, the floodgates opened uh, in that inning for the crew. It was uh, nice to see. Uh, speaking of the floodgates opening, dude, how about uh, Christian Yelich? 
Yelly is now it's his uh, third. What is his third three hit game this year? Rowdy, I think Christian Yelich is starting to really turn it around here. I think Yelly is uh, Yelly starting to make it work. Just yeah, three hits for the third time this year. Yeah, and I think I saw a tweet. I think it was from Adam McKelvey talking about what Christian Yelich had done over like the past. Oh, I'm gonna have to go find it. Yes, he's hitting 340 over his last 26 games. And obviously, he's making harder. He's, he's hitting the ball harder. His at bats look better. His approaches look better. His balance looks better when he's hitting the baseball. Everything looks better. Everything looks closer to that Christian Yelich that was an MVP in 18, should have been the MVP in 19, and was a predominantly a borderline All Star his entire career with the Florida Marlins. Yeah, that's what he is starting to look like again. Yeah. Now the power hasn't necessarily come. But Man, he had a rocket come. yesterday, though. He had one that was like uh, a screamer. Uh, I was caught on like really early in the game. A pop a pick. What's up, brother? He says, "Yeah, Yelly, that batting average is going to the moon." Jesus. So yeah, last night, um, Eduardo Escobar had two hits, finished with three RBIs. Colton Wong, a pair of hits, drove in a couple runs. Uh, every player but Omar Narvaez had at least one hit, and the team was uh, three for nine with runners in scoring position. That was a nice little game. <laughs> Inspired by Rowdy yesterday, and just RJ, you kind of you know reminded me of it a little bit when I asked you the question at 6:50. The poll is going to be just this: Are you going to be concerned for Wisconsin football if they don't cover the 26 points against Eastern Michigan? And you said no. I, K- kind of, with a caveat. If it's a one-score game, yes. That, so that and that'll mean it's like like I said, 10 to three. Uh, 10-7, 14-7. It means the offense once again couldn't get anything. And that that will lead you to trouble. Because I think this defense, I mean, outside of a couple big plays and breakdowns in secondary, it's not like the defense did a bad job against Penn State. You held them to 16 points. Now, granted, there's a missed field goal of, the, for, no, of they, a chip shot and a, a doink off the... If they don't a field goal the, and an extra point, they only put up 20 points. Right. If if you told me that Penn State was going to score sixteen to twenty points in this game, I'd say Badgers just won. Yep, probably didn't cover, but they won. So so if it's a one score, obviously if it's a one score game, we'll be freaking out because it's Eastern freaking Michigan. So let's two hey, t- just two look scores. At Oklahoma, they're still two number scores. four in the country, and they almost lost to Tulane. That's true. Two scores. What if they only win by two scores? That that's fine. That's fine. Rowdy, uh, you had mentioned I think yesterday in the Razor's Edge. That if I think you said, correct me if I'm wrong, that if they don't cover, you're going to, I mean, you took the bet, so you're expecting them to cover. But if they don't cover, this is going to be in for a long season. I think it could be. I mean, because if you can't come out and punch Eastern Michigan in the mouth after the type of performance that you just had against Penn State in a night game in Camp Randall with all those fans back there after after the performance that you had, (laughs) where you got into the red zone six times and came away with points just twice, with that defense being as good as it is, Eastern Michigan likes to run the football. In what world do you see Eastern Michigan being able to run the football against Wisconsin? It's definitely not this reality. And, and if they're <laughs> no, going to... Definitely not. It, and you just look at, yeah, Eastern Michigan's game from last it, week. If this they didn't have to pass. If this offensive line can impose its will on Eastern Michigan's front, yeah. who are they going to impose their will on in the Big Ten? Nobody. Eastern Michigan is picked fifth in the MAC. I, I will say this: the last time we were 
uh, hyping up a, a team who was doing really good rushing against a FCS school. It, it was BYU versus Incarnate Word, and then BYU came in and out Wisconsin, Wisconsin on the football field. All right, I just uh, about to hit submit here. If Wisconsin doesn't cover the 26 points against Eastern Michigan this Saturday, dot, that's dot, also dot. a totally different type of team, though. Will you be concerned for the season moving forward? Yay or nay? There, it is up. I think you gotta say yeah. For, I mean, for me, yeah. I I get what you're saying, RJ. Like if 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 it's like a two scores and it's like convincing in a way, but they control the clock and yada yada yada, it'll be different. But from when it comes to how you got offensively just embarrassed, uh, I guess Graham Mertz more so in the offensive line. If you got so embarrassed against Penn State and you come out and lay a stinker against Eastern Michigan, still win but don't cover then I'm going to have some big concerns moving forward because, as Rowdy was talking about, like how the hell are you going to fare against the rest of the Big Ten? This is Eastern Michigan. Yeah, and I think on top of that, it's how many how many points do you guys really think you can see Eastern Michigan, a team that likes to run the football and, and play off of that against this Wisconsin team? How many points? Like 10? 10? Yeah, a four, 10, 14 you, at the most. You're telling me that the Badgers can't score 36 points? And if they can't against Eastern alarming. Michigan, yeah. I was gonna say right now I can't. <laughs> I mean, as point. bad as Graham Mertz played, he's two good handoffs away from scoring two more touchdowns. But those are some bad handoffs, Rowdy. Like all it took was a good handoff, and they would have scored a couple more touchdowns. And there's no way Mertz puts it in the shoulder pad of Chesmalusi again and looks just inept at handing the ball off. Yeah. Right? Like there's no way. And you don't have the same type of athletes on offense and defense for Eastern Michigan that Penn State had. We're, we continue to talk about how, oh, Penn State scored 16 points. You know, they did miss a field goal. They missed an extra point. Okay, add those up. That's 20. It's 20. They did it with big explosive plays. Right. Yeah. Eastern Michigan doesn't have the same athletes that can stretch the field like that. Right. And, and they're a team that likes to run the ball and then play pass off of that. And there was one big run that Penn State had due to missed tackles. I mean... And, and that's what got them to their 50 yards that they had. And, yeah, defensively, we're not worried. The money line is minus 4,500 <laughs> for Wisconsin. Well, and that's that's why it's like if they can't if, – if this Wisconsin Badger team can't put up, I guess you would say, 38 to 42 points because I don't anticipate uh, Eastern Michigan being able to score more than 10 or 14 – they're not going to score against anybody. No, no. Uh, Papa Pick on Twitch says you have to, uh, you know, be concerned if they don't cover because that will continue last year's trend of not scoring a lot. I mean, outside of the first two weeks, right? And then True Advisor says on Twitch as well that the O line against Penn State, he said that O line looked like Hornies when the team found out that he smashed the wrong pumpkin. <laughs> hey, pumpkin. Smashing Pumpkins, uh, it's a band. I think True Advisor likes a band. that band. I think, yeah. Uh, Bullet with Butterfly That happened in the springtime, right? Pleasant springtime? Oh! Um, yeah, I heard it was at a pub. It was a pub or something. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Ram Jam, what's up, dude? So, <laughs> if they don't, they they need to cover against, in my, well, obviously to win the bet, right, Rowdy? But they need to cover it. <laughs> they got to they gotta prove it. The they got to prove it. You got to go out there and prove it. Last year, there was a lot of uh, head-scratching moments, and then... Obviously, is very head scratching offensively for the Wisconsin Badgers against Penn State. If you don't go out there and just make a statement, then this season is, you're going to have a lot of question marks over it. And after everything that happened last week, this is the week to make statements of all statements. Yeah, it, it's to. it's probably it's probably 
one of the worst, if not the worst teams you are going to play this year. Yeah. You have you're at home after an embarrassing loss, a loss in which your quarterback looked like trash, your offensive line looks soft. Yeah, you have to. You you are missing your best linebacker, which yes, he is going to be out again this Yeah, he's week. out again. 10 days. But they looked good. 7 days. Th- there's no reason why you don't come out and just lay a hammer down on Eastern Michigan. Yeah. The only reason they wouldn't come out and and just throw a completely hammer down on Eastern Michigan is if they play conservatively and they don't try they don't try to blow don't them. Don't want to hurt Like yeah. this is where I know RJ we have differences here. This is where I liked <laughs> here we Brett, go. I liked Brett Bielma cuz he would hammer teams and he didn't care. Oh, I'm not I'm not Saying I, I, I hate when Wisconsin plays the conservative football. And the guy and hung they win 83 like, on Indiana. I want what Clubber Lang said, Rowdy. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see Wisconsin play conservatively and just be bigger, stronger, and I run the ball pain. better than some of these low-level teams and no. win like 28-7. to 7. I want to see a Brett Bielma game. Give me 83 to 14. Yeah. You know what Cobra Kai he said? He really did that to conference teams, though. He didn't try Rowdy. running up the score on, or, on uh, non-conference RJ, opponents. you know what Cobra Kai said, too? No mercy. RJ, it's tough enough right now with Wisconsin losing to Penn State. Now you going to bring up Gary Anderson? Yep, sure do. Unbelievable, dude. He was, didn't care about in-state recruiting. <laughs> Uh, looking at the Twitter poll right now, if Wisconsin doesn't cover the 26 points against Eastern Michigan this Saturday, will you be concerned for the season moving forward? Right now, it's back and forth. Early returns, 56% of the votes say, yes, I will be concerned. I mean, sure. <sighs> well, you look at it, it's kind of a, if they struggle again offensively, then you look back at last year, well, I know it's wait, different wait, seasons, wait. but there's no, you don't have COVID as an excuse anymore. What do we know about Graham Mertz in his career, which is not a ton of games, but we do have a legit sample size of getting closer and closer to a full season. He does some of his best work against crappy teams and crappy defenses. Nah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. When he has when he has time and the offensive line gives him time, he's really good throwing the football, right? When he doesn't have time is when he locks onto receivers, his feet get happy, he makes poor decisions, he's less accurate. Yeah. I just don't see how this offensive line gets pushed around by Eastern Michigan. They should be able to give Graham Mertz time. Graham Mertz should be able to sit in the pocket and pick apart the secondary of Eastern Michigan. And that's when it comes to that. I also think that a lot of the offense here is going to be turn around and hand it to Malusi, turn around and hand it to Grendo, and basically just impose your will on the, on the other team. Okay, so the question uh, also I have offensively is where the hell is Jalen Berger? What happened to burger time? I wanted some burgers. And not the red zone cheeseburgers, which were amazing on Saturday. But where's Jalen Berger? Boys, you remember that, uh, and he was not injured. Paul Chris avoided all the questions. You remember when that story came out about Loyal Crawford and Antoine Roberts getting uh, Loyal Crawford was kicked off the team and Antoine Roberts suspended those freshman running backs? Yes, with the mm-hmm. incident in the, the knife. dorm room with the knife and the fight, it was and almost like they were playing Clue. Apparently, there is a <laughs> apparently there's a step. Oh, uh, Loyal Crawford did it in the dorm room with the knife. No one got stabbed though, so that's a good thing. There's just like a little tussle, but apparently there was a Snapchat video. Someone recorded something. Someone recorded it. Not sure who it is. People are dumb, by the way. I know. Just don't. You don't have to record everything. No. So apparently there was a Snapchat video that was recorded, and someone has it and someone's seen it. 
Sinted. I don't know who it is, but running backs, Roberts, Crawford, running backs, Jalen Berger, underclassmen, Crawford, Roberts, Berger. I'm not saying any of that. Like, I don't, I'm not saying that Jalen Berger was involved, but if Jalen Berger never, who was listed second on the depth chart, never even sniffed the field, as Zach Halpern, their sports director on last week, or uh, yesterday, I should say, said that it didn't even look like he was ever even going to enter the game. I wonder if something happened there. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I'm were, just I'm like, just curious. Like Zach said, there were times on offense he was not even near the yeah. the people following. So that I think it you was have, a. Like, could you have a hush hush in team suspension, RJ? I think we saw one. <laughs> I think just, you're right. Just gonna put that out there. I think we saw one. I think that could. Exp- I'm not, I don't know for a fact. I'm just I know there's a Snapchat video that exists of this incident. And there was more people in the room when involved. Yeah, and it's also going to be if you are the two involved, you weren't recording it. Correct. Yeah. You were not recording it if you were had the knife. Well, I mean, we know Loyal Crawford wasn't because in one hand, he had a knife. In the other hand, he was probably punching or pushing off Antoine Roberts. I, I think I see kind of like a pattern with Wisconsin is that football players and probably athletes in general should probably just steer clear of picking up photography and films. Yeah, let's not. How about you just steer clear of trying to stab and one way or another somebody, you know what I'm saying? Uh, that also goes a long way. Yeah. But I feel like if, when, whenever they get into photography or they get into uh, filmmaking, it never works it never. out well. Are you, Stay away from those majors, you never, RJ. You oh. never knew anyone on the football team that was like majoring in film study or anything, did you? Or cin- cinematography? No, they were uh, majoring in being locker room guys. <laughs> I think they're on the, stuff, the film department. Stuff that's not out in the public stays within the team parameters. Yeah. So I'm just saying with the Jalen Berger, him not playing Saturday, I think we might have seen a, a in-team suspension. But also, hush, hush. how long will that uh, suspension be? Because... Can, can Paul Christ, if if that's a thing, could he really avoid questions for a second straight week when all of a sudden your number two isn't touching the ball? Or is he actually going to get touches this week? Well, I, well it's listed as or this week. So that video's there's gotta two come guys out. at the... It doesn't have to. Yeah, that's true. Well, there's a police report. Yeah. We'll see. All right, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, we'll police reports are hard to get their hands on. Yeah, especially when you uh, are out and about outside of the uh, city limits of Madison. Ask Hornybrook. Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code THEZONE125. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Eric Lauer dealing on the mound and then also getting it done with the stick. Uh, Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show was being a dick to Rowdy and I when Eric Lauer came up to bat in the sixth inning. He's like, oh, you guys got your wish. And what happened, Rowdy? What happened when Lauer came up to bat? Got an RBI the easy way. Walking. Walked in the run. Well done, Eric. Well done, Eric Lauer. Hey, how about this? The Brewers last night earned their first win against the Phillies this season after going 0-5. Yeah, I saw some people try to talk some trash about how, oh, don't want to play the Phillies, don't want to play the Phillies. That's a tough matchup. Haven't won a game yet this year. Would you say that exact same thing if somehow the Brewers matchup in the playoffs was, I know this isn't a possible thing, but just hear me out. I'm listening. If they matched up against the Royals. (laughs) 
Because they didn't win a game against the Royals this year either. Hmm. Did you just compare the Phillies with the Royals? Two teams that could be uh, sitting at home watching. Oh, Ben's face just got red. He's no, the, the Royals are just a bad baseball team. The Phillies are a little less bad. <laughs> no, you don't want to play the Phillies. I, I would, if I were you guys, I'd the rather Phillies. play the Braves. I would rather play the Braves as well, but I'm saying don't use the don't use the the line of hey yeah, they yeah. haven't beaten the Phillies or they can't beat the Phillies. They never beat the Royals this year. Yeah, the Royals well, are not going to use that line in baseball. Even though the Brewers did beat the Phillies last night, Joe Girardi beat his own team more than Craig Joe Council Girardi. beat him. Get Joe Girardi. You know what I saw? The Brewer sticks come alive. That's what I saw. I saw Yelly just. Yeah, it's easy when, when Yelly Aaron throwing a big hog September pitcher of all time. <laughs> who was that guy? Who is this? Who is the pitcher? Rosso. Rosso. Who's that guy? He is nobody. And <laughs> so why is he in the majors? He has the Midas touch, putting in the worst pitchers to ever touch a baseball uh, almost, in his situations right. where he's like, "Oh yeah, they'll get out of it." What did I do? All right, I'm gonna go. We're we're gonna lean the Brewer side of things here, Ben. So feel free to chime in, but we're leaving Brewers on this side of things. Uh, Rowdy, we talked to Eric Lauer earlier today. Lauer uh, has given up one run and just seven hits over 14 innings and two starts this month. His ERA has improved uh, 3.18. He's continued to inspire as we talked about how we're reassessing that 2019 trade that brought in uh, Lauer and Luis Urias for Zach Davies and Trent Grisham. Urias now 19 dingers. Lauer looking like, is Lauer going to be a starter in the playoffs? I mean, there, it, there's or is really it Hauser? a possibility. Is it Hauser or Lauer? And we went over this earlier, but we'll bring it up again. Yeah, real, just real quick before we get to Yelly. Their numbers are pretty much identical when you you look at Eric Lauer and what have Adrian Hauser have done this year against, you know, um, balanced lineups. Yeah. Like almost everything, ERA, strikeout rates, hard hit ball rates, their FIPS are almost all identical. So who are you going to go with for that fourth starter? The lefty. I don't think they have a bad option. Would you go lefty? That's that was what I said earlier. I go. Yeah. I probably probably look to go with Lauer just because your three horses are all righties. Lauer's a lefty. Plus, Adrian Hauser has been used out of the bullpen quite a bit in his Brewers career outside of the last couple of years. Yeah. How about uh, the sticks? Yelly last night. Christian Yelich was really coming into his own. Christian Yelich, three hits and two RBIs. Rowdy, that batting average starting to go up, 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 up. Yeah, and I know how you guys like to uh, look at Lorenzo Cain and how he's played in like the last two games. Well, we like to do that because it irks you. But Christian Yelich <laughs> is starting to hit the ball for about the past month. Christian Yelich in the last month, since August 8th, is hitting 324. Ooh. He's got an on-base percentage of 366, Ooh. OPS of 461, Ooh. two home runs, but the hard hit rate's at 58%, how about which that? in that span is the first in NL ranks. That's nice. Hey, Ben, you said uh, Graham Mertz needs to get into a rhythm. Then I played a little Johnny Cash. Do you know who Johnny Cash is? Okay, good. Well, Christian Yelich, after the game, was talking to Sophia Minert, and he was talking about, hey, get a rhythm. Facing Aaron Nola, it's going to be a tough night offensively, but things seem to change in that third inning. You guys were able to get to him on 37 pitches, and you delivered a single on a full count. How are you guys able to just have good at-bats in that inning to start that rally? Yeah, like you said, just kind of grinding it out, uh, passing the, the baton to the next guy. Uh, we got ourselves in a position to score some runs there and uh, just some key hits where we were able to cash them in. Two strike hits were a story today as well. You guys had eight or nine of them today. You had two of them. How does the approach change when you're at two strikes and then you're able to deliver there? Uh, I think as a group, we've kind of just made a little bit more of a, a conscious effort to try and put the ball in play and um, instead of just punching and um, 
you know, nothing really happens there. So we've done a good job of that the last few months, and hopefully we can keep it going. So, Rowdy, right there, Christian Yelich, remember the beginning of the season for the Brewers, it was all about trying to just go yard. It was, we're going to go up there, we're going to mash the ball, we're going to strike out trying. And we're like, everyone's calling for the firing of Andy Haynes. I think that was Ben's first day on the job for uh, oh Willie Mikes was calling for the firing of Andy Haynes. Well, Rowdy, Yelly just said right there, we're just trying to put the ball on the play. Yeah, and you can totally tell that that uh, approach at the plate has changed. And it was right around late May, early June. Yep. Because uh, in late May, well, just the month of May, that's the Brewers' only losing month so far this year. Wild. They were going up there, and they were putting runners on because at that time they had really high on-base percentage for what everyone was hitting batting average-wise. They were getting guys on, but they were just striking out, swinging for the fences, and it was like, oh, Strike out, strike out, pop up, end of the inning. And it was the most frustrating thing ever. They were losing games. They were losing games to teams like the Royals, which they shouldn't have done. And it was frustrating. But you can tell since June, now where the competition had went down in June, but all of a sudden they were hitting the ball the other way. They were rolling over to advance runners. They were even bunting here and there. And the offense pretty much since May, I saw a stat. It was probably a couple weeks ago. The offense since that Willie Adamas trade, was like the best in the NL runs per game wise. Oh yeah, dude, that Willie Adams trade was what literally sparked the Milwaukee Brewers. Dude, isn't he not the coolest guy in the clubhouse? Every game he's out there just going ham, uh, supporting the boys. Gotta support. The well, team. that's the thing, and, and the Brewers continue to win and beat good teams, teams that they could most likely see in the playoffs, and they're doing it with. Guys being hurt, guys being on the COVID list. What's the whole? It's almost the whole year besides the month of May, right? It's like insert random guy here who has a decent week or a month or a couple days, and then the Brewers have the arms to do it. And then now we're finally getting the stable of big timers to start contributing like Christian Yelich, right? The Brewers are starting to get in that mode once they finish this series with the Phillies here where the schedule opens up really nice. The only big chunk of games that they have left is a 10-game homestand where they have 10 games in 10 days. It's all at home. Once they finish this series with the Phillies, they have a day off. Then they go to Cleveland, and then they have a ton of days off. Yeah, It's it's working out perfectly for them to get healthy, to get that rotation in line for how they want it for the postseason. But you look at some of the guys that are out. You have Manny Pena. He's currently got the uh, oblique injury. You hope that doesn't uh, be a na- that's not a nagging injury. He wasn't injury. hanging with Braun, was he? Hopefully, hopefully he got away from Braun's rehab oblique? trainer. <laughs> uh, Willie Adamas. See, that just seems like a nagging quad where it was yeah, just like he, totally. he didn't take the time to, to let it heal. Hopefully, fingers crossed, that's nothing major. And then Tyrone Taylor. He also has an oblique, which with Yelly swinging the bat better. And with Kane and Bradley Jr. being kind of like a, a platoon right now and Avisel Garcia continuing to hit the baseball, yep. Tyrone Taylor kind of falls back into that fifth man in the outfield. So, Rowdy, looking at the sticks last night, it was, uh, let's see, everyone everyone but Omar Narvaez had at least one hit. <laughs> I love it, dude. And did then, you? By the way, did you see that Avisel Garcia home run? Dude, that thing was. There's no dude, way that that was, that was 423 there. feet. Do you think that thing put a hole through like the wall that I went through? That thing was a. Well, they stat casted it at 423 feet. There's no way that was farther than that. That thing was a rocket. That hit the back. That hit over the Miller line. Miller light sign bounce and then it hopped out of the stadium. They're saying NASA and Elon Musk and SpaceX are still trying to figure out the trajectory of that thing because it was a rocket. 
That thing was bashed. Brewers so hot right now, just feeling so good about the crew. Uh, Rowdy tweeted it out last night, and we've been feeling it for a while because we got the Brewer fever. We we got the Brewer fever, Rowdy. Not even ivermectin can can cure our fever here for the Brewers. Did you see? Did you see the bad news for the injury for the Milwaukee Brewers though? Bernie Brewer like tore his ACL going no. to the slide for that Ivy home run. Remember John Curtis? The pitcher, the relief pitcher they acquired oh, from the yeah, Marlins. With two S's, that, Curtis. Yes, and he pitched for about a week and a half and then blew out his elbow. Yeah. What, and that was actually him? the trade in which they gave up Peyton Henry, who was their 19th rated prospect. He was the only rated prospect they gave up at the deadline. And uh, Curtis was a guy that was controllable through, I believe, 2024. Yeah. Well, that was one of the things that they liked about him. Like he had a lot of success the last couple of years in Miami. He was controllable for the next foreseeable future. Did he have Tommy John's? He just had Tommy John surgery within the last week, and they're already announcing that he'll be out for the entire 2022 oh, season. Oh no! Will be returning in 2023. So, so much for all of that control, because oh. another year was just eaten up on it. Unbelievable. So that that was unfortunate. No, we can't with modern medical advances, Rowdy. Rebuild him faster and bigger. He's out for the next whatever. All right, all right. Six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. We're gonna have um, Maddie. Is that her name? Yep. Maddie from Potosi coming up uh, for a new relief pitcher, our beer of the week. But uh, still talking Brewers here. This team has something about them. This team has this aura. This team is now back to thirty games above five hundred. Uh, 11 game lead on the Reds for first place in the NL Central. The magic number is now to 12, and the Brewers have the rubber match tonight against the Phillies. It's um, it's a thing of beauty of what this team is doing. From where we started this season, Rowdy, to where we are now is insane. On pace for 98 games still. 98 games. We had a poll a while, what, two, three weeks ago? Do you think the Brewers, at the time, are on pace for 99? Will they get past 100? Do you still think that they'll. Uh, I mean, what's Rowdy thinking? I don't think they get to 100. I think you're going to see them in the upper 90s. The reason being is I think they're going to lay off the gas pedal a little bit here in September because of the lead that they have. They want to get healthy. And I think with the days off, you're going to see them adjust when Burns goes, when Woodruff sure. goes, when Peralta goes to kind of save, uh, not to are save we gonna their call arm, like, to, Are uh, we going to get like some Ashby thrown in there? Yeah, or? lighten the load on those guys heading into the postseason. Like you might see them ramp back up the last week again just to get them ready going into the postseason, not not to keep them resty. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they take the gas pedal off a little bit. I don't want to go out and say, oh, they're not going to win 100 games. But I would say I'm going to go with... 96, okay. I mean, that's, 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 that's going to win the division, no doubt. Yeah. But uh, it's that's part of the reason why I tweeted out last night that the Milwaukee Brewers just have a World Series feel. They do. They're a team that every single time a star player goes down or a guy that is supposed to be relied on. Someone else some, steps up. Uh, yeah, some uncanny player who is a guy that is like very obscure on the roster has stepped up. And some of those guys aren't even on the roster anymore. No, I, yeah. I think you Travis look, Shaw is not a Red Sox. Yeah. You got uh, a bunch Billy of McKinney. Billy McKinney. He's he's with LA, I think, last time well, I checked. He went to the Mets and now he DFA, was in LA. Then the Mets DFA him and then yeah. I mean it's it's been guy after guy. Tyrone Taylor has stepped up. Hell yeah, Daniel, Daniel Vogelback. Vogelback. I mean, you said Travis Shaw. I mean, there's been a ton of guys that have carried the load in Whatever which happened the rest to of the Keston season. Hira? Is he still in minor Ch- leagues? I you know what's funny? I forgot about Keston Hira. I haven't thought of his name 
for a while now. Even he carried. The, he got hot for like a week. Kess Daddy. It was I like forgot the only, about you, the only week that he got hot this year. Yeah, I forgot he existed. But it's just been Rowdy Telez. Oh, my man, Rowdy. It, it's like it, it was just a revolving door of guys that were stepping up and helping and this now, team win way, if, find ways to win. But also, they're they're coming back from five one deficits to hit walk off grand slams. They're finding <clears throat> ways to get the pitcher to draw a walk against yeah, another, Lauer last night. another playoff caliber team despite grant bills trying to like you know and it's just night after night after night and that's why you're seeing this team win so many games that's why they're on pace for 98 awesome. and now the big dogs are, are starting to you know turn it around like do you Christian remember Ellis. how many games they won in 2018 uh no what was it they won 95 regular season games and 96 was game 163 Man. this team is on pace to be better and this team feels better it does. i think it and it's good. just because of the pitching right but it's, now the sticks are turning around the sticks have been turning around but we had the christian yelich show in 2018 yeah. like there was still a guy named mike mustakis there was still a guy named travis shaw that was playing really well like there there was a lot of All guys right. on that squad lorenzo kane had a hell of a year in 2018 for sure this year, it's a lot of guys stepping up when needed. There the is magic. no Yelich show. There's a magic the potion. Pitching has been amazing, and Josh Hader and the bullpen have been amazing. All right, we got uh, three. We got the phone lines blowing up. Let me just uh, do rapid fire. Line one. Who's this? Morning. Hey, Doug or G Dub? Doug. Dougie, what's up, brother? Hey, man. Yeah, I was just uh, you kind of hit it on it. I was just recall- listening to your conversation, recalling like back in was it March or April? Like it did not look good for the Brewer crew. Like. Was it the injury, like Yelich, or was it COVID? It was, it was, like it was all kinds of nonsense, you know. Stick that they yeah, couldn't yeah. hit worth, they couldn't hit worth a damn. There was injuries, there was this, there was that. And now, now look where we are, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I got the Brewers. I got the Badgers. The Packers. Know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you're a football team fan. I know. Hey, any hotel? Quick before I leave, any hotel ideas? Is there any hotels around the area they could suggest? I mean, you're asking the wrong guy, but. Uh, I mean, there's there are definitely hotels around. The du- Double Tree is downtown if you want to check that out. Okay. But if not, All I right. mean, uh, Ben Ben's got a futon, I think. Ben. Ben Ben, you got a futon. Doug can stay on. Oh, Ben, yeah. No, I actually threw yeah. it out. Oh well, you can sleep on the street somewhere. Hey, I don't I don't uh, <laughs> stay at Eagles fans' houses anyway. Oh okay. Oh that. Oh yeah, because he's a football team fan. Football team fan. Ah, <laughs> hey Dougie, we're gonna party. You'll figure it out, brother. I'll talk to you off air though, okay? About, about ah. hotel nonsense. All right, see, you, buddy. Right. Uh, see, that's like the hardest question to answer when people are like, "Hey, are th- what are some good hotels to stay at?" It's like, it's like I don't know. I, I live I, here. I, I live here. I don't normally <laughs> look into hotels here. There is a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Uh, let's go to line two. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Hey, good morning, Steve. Steve, what's up, brother? Hey, um, Rowdy probably knows this better than I do, but I think a lot of these players are are in their contract year too. I mean, like Garcia, I think Navarez, um, uh, the third baseman we picked up. Uh, uh, I, I think they're, I think they're all in contract years too. So we we better enjoy Garcia. It. Garcia's contract is up at the end of this year, but Luis Urias, he's under contract for like the next three to four years. Narvaez still has one more arbitration year next year. Actually, yeah. Steve, a lot of the pitching. Is locked up. Is locked up for a long yep. time, and actually, most of the team is locked up for a long time. There's only a, just a couple of guys, Steve. It, it, we're going to be okay, I think. Well, you know, and Ashby is good too. So, um, 
you know, we it's not only that we have um, we we have something something in the pipe, but um, Eric Lauer just amazes me. I don't know where the hell that guy came from. I was about ready to give up on him. He <laughs> yeah, made that. Great. You look great. Yeah, him and Urias now has made that trade look good, where it looked aw- looked awful for a long time. But yeah. uh, I the, the only other thing I want to say is, you know, the Bucks chased the best record in the league for years, and that meant squat. So right. I I don't care. Is they need to load manage. I don't care. Is they need to be rested. They need to be sharp going in the playoffs but chasing 96 or 98 or 100 is is, is irrelevant it's hey, how you yeah hey steve before i let you go man, up against well, the break and to steve's point i think i don't think they want the one seed i i wouldn't want to play either the dodgers or the giants and have to go through both of them yeah, i'd rather play the east and then beat the winner of whoever comes out of that wild card stuff yeah Oh, absolutely. Hey, Steve, uh, before I let you go, my man, if the Badgers don't cover uh, Saturday against Eastern Michigan, are you going to be concerned moving forward? Well, I I, I don't know. I guess they, they got to pass the eye test. Um, you know, the eye test is where you look at the stats. I, I saw that game. I, I saw – I see what the stats look like, but it still didn't look that good to me as the stats did when I watched <laughs> it. So I'll go by I'll go by the eye test and, and – uh, and, and, and see then, mm. but uh, you know they got to stay. You got to stay healthy too. And I, I don't, I don't know what it makes sense just to pound on, pound on the team to pound on them. But if this is a, uh, this is a close game, and you know, like I mentioned, when the Bucks are, when they go as Middleton goes, as Merch goes, is how this team's going to go. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see if he progresses. Steve, always a pleasure, my friend. All right, thanks, guys. See, Have a good day. See, you, buddy. All right, welcome back in. This, I love this, the relief pitcher. I missed it last week because I was on a staycation. We got Maddie from Potosi, and Maddie, how, how are we doing today? It's been too long. Good. Uh, you said, and unfortunately, uh, we, I mean, we're a family show here, very family-friendly on a show called Over the Line, but you said you had some controversial things that was passed along that you needed to ask Nelson because <laughs> Nelson knows your brother, but uh, fortunately or unfortunately, I'm not sure which, we forgot. Yeah, I so forgot. It's, it's all good. So Nelly's like, oh, God, it's probably about well, college. Well, I'm supposed to. Oh, no. I know I'm supposed to. Well, this isn't so controversial, but I'm supposed to ask you about what you think with the baseball, them putting somebody on second base. Oh, starting runners on second. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't like it. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I think they did a good job. It speeds up the game, but uh, I'm not a fan of it. <laughs> well, good memory. Good memory. So, Maddie, real quick, how was, your, how was the weekend that was for you? Did you did you get out of the you know, Potosi Brewing and go live some life? Did you have some fun? Yeah, I went up to Madeline Island, which was awesome. I've never been up there before. Beautiful. Very pretty in the Apostle Islands. Yeah. Yeah. And that's my name, so I went to my island. So it all works out. Um, weather was <laughs> weather was immaculate, right? Weather was pretty good. Yeah, for you. it was really nice. Okay, so Maddie, last time you were in here, it was uh, was it was it, it was Snake, Snake Hollow. Hollow? Yes, Potosi Snake Hollow. But t- today we have four different ones, and uh, I'm going to run the gamut. I have been waiting like last year. You know, when there's no tailgating, there's really no anything. I was preparing my liver for like punishment in a good way. Responsible punishment in a good way when everything came back. You have in front of us one, two, three, four Potosi, Potosi, excuse me, Steltzers. I'm going to do the first one, and you talk about what the what the first one is. All right. So we have four flavors here. I'm going to slam every one of them. Yeah, you are doing the cherry. So you've got a little bit of that sweet, a little bit tart. Very delicious. <sighs> um, all of our seltzers have Ooh. great carbonation, real smooth. There's a carbonation, excuse me. <laughs> I this, was not anticipating that. It's definitely a cherry aftertaste. It tastes like a cherry freezy pop. Hmm? It's really good. All right, I put I put one. I have uh, what are these? I, the little glasses. I'm putting each one down. Uh, it's called. This is why I love my job. I get a maintenance buzz at work responsibly. All right, Maddie. So that's the cherry one. Delicious. Highly recommend it. 
The next one would be what? So the next one is our raspberry lemonade. So this one is subtle it. flavor. Again, not overpowering with the lemonade. Real nice. Very easy drinking. We I wanted them to my, go down this well. This is my favorite one right now. And there's the carbonation. This is really good. This is like, um, this is, I can see myself in a nice, I know it's not summer really anymore, but like the grill's fired up, the sun's out. Maybe I'm on Madeline Island, you know, yeah. doing my thing. and You can it. grill year round. Oh, totally. I mean, I'm a good Wisconsinite, of course. <laughs> so the raspberry lemonade, very delicious. Uh, I'll just come back to that one to chug that one. Yep. The next one is a nice, beautiful pink can. Yes. With it looks so, like some like some fruit. awesome symmetrical psychedelic stuff on it. I love it. Yeah, our, the pattern we use down there is awesome. Yeah, it is. Um, so this is our grapefruit. This I've seen is visions circular. like that before in that pattern. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, it's grapefruit. Yes. Yes, grapefruit. Mm. This tastes like Sprite with some grapefruit in it. Like Yum. like it's very drinkable. The drinkability is off the charts, as the, as they all are for the Potosi the seltzers we have here. So, mm-mm-mm. all right, Maddie, and the next one. I'll come and back the next down. one. This one's my favorite. This one is the Pog. So Pog. Like P-O-G. Not P-A-W-G? Pog? P-O-G? Yeah. Okay. So it's a passion fruit orange guava. So you got some tropical, a hint of a little bit of tanginess. Mm. That's really good. That guava comes through nice. Uh, Pog. Rowdy, you know about Pogs? Uh, I do. I think I do. Uh we we yeah, had yeah. Pog, well, when we were kids, yes. I think Rowdy's thinking of a different kind of Pog. This but is I don't fantastic. remember how they worked. Like, you just stacked them up and then you flipped one. There was like oh, one you, that was you hard. You stack them up and you can flip them all right. Isn't that, wasn't that the point? Yeah, you like, you take it and then you you slam it down <laughs> and then they flip and then you slam it again and then you collect them. <laughs> it's definitely not the thing that I was thinking <laughs> I never I never thought we'd be talking Pogs here uh, on Over the Line, but here we are. So, Maddie, if people want to get a hold of <laughs> If people want to get a hold of these, they can like get them like wherever they want, right? Like they're the, so they're just coming out to the market. They're oh, so these are packs. brand new in the market. Yeah, yeah, yep. So well, they're a variety packs. So you yes. can get all four. Yes, you can. Do you variety guys? Pack, sorry, I'm, I'm just slamming. Do you guys? Oh, 100. Local craft seltzer out of Wisconsin. See, I love the local factor of yep. it. Yep. Uh, obviously, Potosi. So when it comes, can I buy them in separate? Like, can I buy separate of each of them, or are they all in like party packs essentially, or uh, variety packs? So. I'm just curious. Mostly myself. variety packs. Okay. If you wanted to buy them in six packs, you might be able to find. Well, if you go to the brewery, you can find it. However, okay, cool. So we'll start simple. Brewery you can find them. However, but right now the variety packs are out, and they're all incredible. They're all amazing. Yes. Excuse me. And I love the carbonation. And your favorite is the Potosi, the the passion fruit orange guava. Yep. Rowdy, did you have Rowdy? Are you a fan of the Pog, or are you a fan of? I, uh, I think the, the, yeah, the second one that we had the. What was this one? The raspberry lemonade? I think that one was the best. It literally tasted like lemonade. It's my favorite. They're all really good. Like they go down easy, like a like a flavored Ooh, water. And five percent. Yeah. But there's alcohol in it. Hundred calories. That's nice. I know uh-huh. I'm watching my girlish figure. And then when it comes to only one gram of sugar, this is awesome. Okay. My favorite, because it, it harkens back to childhood. I wasn't slamming seltzers when I was a kid, but I was doing a lot of the freezer, the cherry freezer oh, pops. Yeah. So that's what that reminds me of, the Potosi cherry. That's good. So is it on the market now, or is it just about to come out on the market? It's coming out in the market. So it started going out last week, the week before. All right, so, so I guess it's out there, but... When we see them, so what I you're know. saying is when we see them, we just get all over yes, them and get just them. just buy it. Get a, we're going to put our... Get all over it, Rowdy, <laughs> like that pog. We're going to get all over it. Uh, Maddie, thank you so much. Uh, Potosi, everything running beautifully, smooth, yeah, awesome. Yeah, going really well. We're going into the fall leaf look, what we call the leaf looker season. So if you're looking for a fall trip or you're coming up from Iowa for a game or something, yeah, 
Oh, yeah. This, Go I mean, through down to Potosi. Awesome place to visit. The leaves will start changing colors. Love it. And you it's... You can pick up your seltzer. That Potosi... Pumpkin ale. Uh, you, I, I need to make a trip. The Potosi seltzer cherry kind of looks like Badger colors, too. Game day yes, with that does. stuff right there. So, yes. Uh, Badgers winning on Saturday. Yeah or nay? Well... I can't. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. I, say, I can't answer because then I'll jinx it. Okay. I'll say it. Yes, they are. We'll come. <laughs> we'll come right back with the final touches on the show next. Roddy's gonna get his paws. All right. Thanks to Maddie for coming in from Potosi. Rowdy, I'm so glad we could talk pogs. It. Uh, what was it again? What was it? What was it? Where'd it go? There it is. Passion fruit, orange, and guava. Pog. I think she was talking about different kinds of pogs, and we were talking about different kinds of pogs. But thankfully, Potosi has their own pog. Passion fruit, orange, guava. You ever play with any pogs, Rowdy? I'm still going with my favorite was the lemonade. I love pogs. But I'm going to say I like the cherry one. Hey, Ben. Ben Kenny. Do you like pogs? Don't, don't shake your head. Do you like pogs? Ben. Hello. Benjamin. I have to try it. <laughs> uh, real quick before we're out here. Welcome to the show. Who's this? This is G-Dub. Hey, G-Dub. What's up, brother? You like pogs? Getting back, getting back to this uh, this futon story here. I don't think Doug has to worry about the futon. But what I, what I worry about is the weight limit. <laughs> <laughs> If you would see some of the girls Dougie's brought home. Hey. <laughs> at at 9.58. Wait, the show is ending. You can't do that right for ending the show. He smelt a lot of Potosis. <laughs> hey, GW, you like Pogs? Pogs, yeah. And, and Pogs. We're talking about Pogs and Potosi and... Oh my god. Hey, you coming down on Saturday? That's the plan. <laughs> You're gonna bring <laughs> You guys looking for a hotel room or what? No, <laughs> 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 we're we're certain. Oh, you're too funny, man. You're too I can't wait to party with you, dude. Oh yeah. And and Enjoy. also and also Dougie and all his uh his shamus. It'll be fun. <laughs> See ya buddy. Yeah. Hey, G dub. Oh G dub? G Dub, G Dub, he's gone. I was gonna say, make sure, make sure if he's bringing Shamu to stay out of the uh, the soak zone. Already <laughs> <laughs> Bill Michaels was like, <laughs> next Ben. We know you don't like Ben. That. Man, yeah, Ben's into redheads. All right, we'll see. <laughs> 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 bye. Adios, see you.